Hey DJ, we're finally back in the studio. It's May and we're talking about one of my favorite topics, a vigilante. He's a he's an anti-hero almost, a bat-themed protagonist. Are we talking about Morbius? Oh god no. We're talking Batman 89. Oh yeah. We're a couple of guys who like to watch movies Cinema nerds who made it our duty To make a show where we break down, discuss, and review We're the men who watch movies Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Men Who Watch Movies My name is Alec And my name's DJ the Movie Man Wagner also known as the CUE of the Man Who Watch Movies. And with correct. me is El Castrojon, the Vice President and awesome Associate dude. of the Men Who Watch Movies. Oh, I'm an associate. Yes. So that means you're my boss. Hmm. We'll discuss that later. Anyway, <laughs> it's good to be back on set. Uh, we took a little breaky poo. We need a break once in a while, right? Uh, but we're back in the studio talking about one of our favorite movies of all time. Definitely one of our favorite movies when we were kids. Uh, and still to this day, Batman 89. And we'll, we'll go into a oh, little yeah. bit of uh, Batman oh, Returns yeah. as well. yeah, it's a good one. Uh, epic. It set the precedent for uh, future superhero movies. Uh, definitely, definitely a classic. Uh, but first, before we get into that, we're going to do what we do what we do. And let's talk a little business. So uh, why don't we... Let's get down to the nitty gritty. And talk about a little movie news this week in Movie News! Cue that intro. All right, all right, all right. Uh, we have a lot of good stuff to talk about today. This week in movie news, our first bit of movie news, Matthew Lawrence uh, has come out and saying that... Uh, in the past, his agency uh, that was representing him fired him uh, because he refused to take his clothes off for an award-winning director. And now he didn't disclose uh, what director this was, uh, but he said he he claimed that he would make him the next big Marvel superhero. Uh, a lot of people on the comment section are speculating that it's the ever-disgusting Brian Singer. Uh, what, what do you think about this? I mean... It looks pretty, pretty different, actually. It's uh, very, very different. You know, it's it's like um, you haven't seen Matthew Lawrence in any movies, but um, he was in Money Plane. What are you talking oh, about? Oh yeah, he was in Money Plane. But one of the things about that was that there were, I guess, four Lawrence brothers that were in there. It was yeah, um, Jeffrey Lawrence. I didn't know there was a Jeffrey Lawrence. I I don't know, but that. Or, that, or Lawrence, um, well, yeah, uh, Matthew Lawrence. Matthew Lawrence, and then there's Joey Andy, Lawrence. Andy Lawrence. Is that the other one? I don't know what the other yeah. one. But I remember, remember they were on a, 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 a short-lived sitcom called Brotherly Love. Uh, and then, of course, I know Matthew Lawrence from the great... Uh, it was like a superhero, like Power Rangers ripoff called Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. I love it. Uh, but not to get too off topic. Okay, here. too off topic. Uh, I don't know. That, that, this is this just proves how disgusting Hollywood is. Um, he brings up a good point in in the interview. I believe was on. Uh, I think he has a podcast of his own, and he was talking about how you don't hear too much about uh, men 
you know, kind of getting that treatment in Hollywood. You, you always hear uh, the female side. Of course, they get it, you know, more often. Uh, but there's abuse going on on the side of men as well. And, you know, he, he's talking about his experience. So kudos to him, uh, you know, talking about that traumatic experience. And it just shows, you know, how disgusting, like I said, Hollywood is. And that there's the awful, you know, grossness lingering, you know, underneath. And I'm glad a lot of it's been exposed. There's still a lot of work to do. But, um, you know. Uh, you know, I wonder if it'll ever come out who it is, but like you I know, said, <laughs> I feel bad for uh, Matthew Lawrence because he's a good actor and he's been acting in quite a few movies. But yeah, see him as a, a Marvel hero. Uh, oh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be awesome. I mean, that's not happening. That'll I mean, be like, great. Uh, but yeah, that's that's crazy that, you know, what happened. All right. Uh, our next bit of movie news. Let's move on. Moving on. Uh, apparently, according to uh, a Hollywood insider named Jeff Snyder, an actor named Harris Dickinson, uh, he's known for uh, a, his performance in Triangle of Sadness. He's apparently the front runner uh, to play the new Superman. Now, this is all just um, hearsay and whatnot, but um, they say that he has a, he's in good standing to possibly play the next Superman. What do you think, just based off this image? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Does I he mean, seem like I mean, Superman? We'll see, but... <laughs> He kind of has a Superman image. I mean, you know, he kind of does, but let's not forget we got the you got Christopher Reeves who did the fantastic portrayal of Superman. Um, he did the one Classic. where it was like one, two, uh, three was not my favorite. Fourth was actually really, really, really good. You know, four. I highly recommend four. watching yeah. the fourth one. Four, uh, four doesn't get the love that the rest of them do. Well. The first two do. Uh, actually I actually enjoyed really Thermoman. What's his name? Uh, nuclear, nuclear Man. Man. Uh, Thermoman is like uh, it's like a show. It's like a British comedy. Uh, nuclear Man. Um, yeah, I actually enjoyed that character a lot. Uh, I love the scene when uh, Superman flies the Statue of Liberty uh, back into place. That was epic. Anyway, not to get too off topic here. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen any uh, anything uh, that Harris Dickinson has done. Um, visually, I wouldn't peg him as the next Superman, but, um, uh, you know, transformations can happen. I mean, look at, um, the guy playing, uh, Adam Warlock. What's his name? I forget, but he, you know, he was in the, um, where the Millers and he's like that goofy, uh, dorky neighbor kid. And he turned into, you know, a, a big buff superhero man. So anything can happen. Uh, you know, transformations can be done. So, well, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see, you know. Uh, all right, uh, moving on. Next bit of movie news: Jamie Fox uh, still in the hospital for undisclosed health issue. Um, he's finally breaking. He broke his silence, um, posting on his Instagram feed, uh, saying that I appreciate all the love, feeling blessed. Um, a lot of people speculated that he might have had some uh, strokes. I have no idea. Nothing official has been released yet, but uh, all I can say is I, I wish him the best. I hope for a speedy recovery recovery what do you think i hope that he has a speed recovery i hope he acts in more movies uh we wish him well we wish him the uh best of recovery we wish that he is um healthy and uh getting better but yeah uh his films are tremendously awesome oh yeah icon he's definitely an icon um sadly they had to replace him he's on a game show 
I think it's called like Beat Shazam or something like that. And not not the superhero, but like the the app, the music app. And they had to replace him. So I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, just he needs to focus on getting better. And uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. All right, uh, moving on. Next bit of movie news. Apparently, uh, Kevin Costner uh, he's he's subject to some crazy rumors. Uh, he's on that that show Yellowstone. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Oh, actually, I've seen uh, uh, I've trailers seen of, it of it and clips. I've seen a little bit of it, and I was bored to fuck by it. Uh, but then, 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 not, that's just my opinion. <laughs> not to get too off topic here. Uh, but apparently, uh, he's going through a divorce right now. It just came. It was kind of uh, sprung up on him. Um, you know, his wife served him to divorce papers or whatnot. Uh, he said he did not see it coming. He did have no idea that there was any issues. And now after these rumors surfaced, um, I'm sorry, after the, you know, this information came about, there'd been rumors swirling around, uh, fueled by this sudden divorce that Kevin Costner got someone pregnant on set of Yellowstone. So what? Uh, now they're saying that's a bunch of bull pucky. Um, it's a lot of nonsense. Yeah. Uh, sources uh, close to Costner say that the latest bit of gossip surrounding the star is total BS and has been baselessly ba- circulating online. I don't know. I think that's uh, that's sad. If the, if it is rumors, uh, you know, people just kind of swarming in on him in a time of his crisis that he's dealing with. Uh, you know, they're going to go and add on a bunch of other bullshit to his plate. I think that's that's lame. That's stupid. I think this is nonsense because. Uh... They didn't uh, have their, they didn't, they didn't make it correct when they didn't get the facts right. You know, they didn't get the facts right, but they got a you know print a word of it before they you know speculate. Yeah, quote unquote. Yeah, fortunately, people speak their minds before you know doing their research and whatnot. You know, you know when we talk about movie news, we try and. Let people know, hey, this is just rumorville. This is just speculation. This is just my opinion, man. Exactly. Um, you know, but then there's other people there that spread misinformation on purpose just for, you know, shits and giggles and whatnot. And I don't like that. Uh, so, you know, hopefully everything's good with him and he gets through this craziness. Uh, he's Apparently he's seeking joint custody. Um, he doesn't want a divorce, but I don't know. That's their business. I don't want to get too much into that. I'm um, not either, but we're just we hope uh, Kevin Costner is doing all right. Definitely, definitely, definitely. All right, next bit of movie news. David Lynch, are you a David Lynch fan? Have you seen any David Lynch movie? I know. Have you seen the original Dune? He did. Didn't he do the original Dune? I think he did. Um, no, I haven't seen too much of his stuff. I did see the original Dune. Um, for any David Lynch fans out there, apparently they're doing a re-release of uh, Inland Empire with Laura Dern. Uh, it was a 2006 movie. Uh, they're releasing it in a 4K master. No, that's great. So I love I love when they do 4K masters of movies, uh, preserve them for the future and whatnot. Um, yeah, so that's great uh, for any David Lynch fans out there. All right, moving on, moving on. Next bit of movie news: The Little Mermaid. Uh, it's getting some big projections. It's it's um, they say it's going to supposedly it's going to uh, equal the original 11 100. Sorry, I can't. Do you understand the words that are coming? Uh, apparently it's going to match the uh, first film, uh, which made 111 million. So they're saying that it's on track uh, to do just as good. So, uh, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I'm tired of all these, these live action reimaginings, but, uh, I feel like the visuals in this are pretty good. Although I don't like the way they do the animals. I feel like they should make them more cartoonish. If you're going to do it. I did, uh, actually a long time ago, I did see the cartoon version 
made in 1989 of The Little Mermaid, the cartoon. And I had no idea they were going to make a live-action Little Mermaid. I hope it does well. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm just, um, you know, shocked that they're, uh, they're going to make a reboot of this, you know, classic uh, cartoon franchise. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm just, um, yeah, I, I, I hope it does well. Um, yeah, I, I, I just saw it and... You know, speaking of that, you know, I hope it does well. I hope and... it was, I hope it's better than Pinocchio. That's all I'm going to say because that was great. I hope, <laughs> and that's sad because it was Robert Demek- Robert Zemeckis directing and one of my favorite directors of all time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, who knows? You know, it's it's kind of up in the air. These movies have been performing, you know, so so. Uh, but Holly Bailey, you know, she's up and coming, uh, big star. So you know, hopefully for her sake, it does well. Not my cup of tea, these live action remakes, but uh, you know, I wish I wish everyone the best that worked on it. Uh, right, moving on, next bit of movie news into the Spider Verse. Uh, they released the runtime. Apparently, it's going to be one of the longest uh, Spider Man movies of all time, running at two hours and twenty minutes. That's Ooh. amazing. Uh, it's that de- looks it's good. Definitely but, not the- um, yeah, uh, are Sorry. they going to put like new villains like Tombstone or uh, yeah, Kingpin I, I or other villains? I don't know who's. I don't know what other villains are going to be. I think they have that one like the what is he the Spot or something. I don't know. He, we have the, the like, Spot uh, Own. Something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, it's definitely going to be one of the longer animated uh, motion pictures. Usually they tend to be like under two hours. Um, they keep them really short. You know, they're more, you know, tuned to, you know, the you know children. Uh, but this one's definitely going for the long haul. So it's going to be interesting to see. The first one was great. Uh, definitely want to see this next one. So we're looking forward to that. All right, all right. Let's keep it rolling. Of course, they're doing Beetlejuice too. Um, you know, Michael Keaton is set to reprise his role, and uh, Danny Ooh. Elfman. Um, he actually uh, has a comment about people saying that Michael Keaton's too old to be uh, Beetlejuice. Well, I gotta disagree on that because <laughs> no, Michael Keaton is the perfect age to reprise his role as Beetlejuice. He is the perfect age to reprise his role as Bruce Wayne, also known as. Batman. Which we'll get into in a bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, Danny Elfman would agree with you. He's not too old to play Beetlejuice. And here's why. He said in a quote uh, when he was talking with Deadline, uh, he's not even going to look that much different. That's the beauty of Beetlejuice, uh, the Beetlejuice makeup. He already looked like he was 150 in the first one. So, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, he's supposed to look crusty. And decrepit. He's like, well, he had you know, those eyes that, that yeah. give away the uh, the character of yeah. Beetlejuice, Batman, other characters. He has those eyes that are like really, really haunting, but they're like yeah, really serious and and like it's like you know, holy moly, uh, that's the character. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm um, gonna look forward to this one as well. It's great to see Keaton back in his iconic roles. Uh, I'm so excited about Batman uh, returning in The Flash, the Michael Keaton Batman. All right, uh, keep it rolling. Drew Barrymore, she was set to be the host of the MTV uh, Movie and TV Awards. Uh, That is no more um, due to the writer's strike that's going down. uh, She's, she's, you know, supporting them by uh, dropping out as host. Uh, What do you think about this whole writer's strike? Uh, It's ridiculous. They had a writer's strike for other movies. They had a writer's strike for when Batman came out in 1989, which I thought was so ridiculous. Um, yeah, speaking of Drew Marymore, um, she was actually on the Johnny Carson show, and she was, like, really, really young back then. 
Yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. This, is, this is some nostalgia. Random! <laughs> this yes. is really nostalgia because I think Drew Barrymore was like eight or seven or six at the time, but she was on the Johnny Carson show and she was like, you know, um, this was, I think, after she was in E.T. or before E.T. I am not sure, but for those of you who are Johnny Carson fans, I would highly recommend that you watch the show. It is really, really fun, really, really entertaining, and of course, that man is a legend. Well, you're not wrong. Yes, uh, not to get too off topic here, but uh, yes, yeah, Drew Barrymore was young at one point. Uh, for reference, check out E.T. Uh, great movie, but uh, yeah, this whole writer strike, I, you know, I, I do, I do see their point. Uh, they do need to get paid more. It's definitely a changing climate with streaming and whatnot. I feel like they definitely need. Uh, they definitely need to get paid more. Uh, without writers, you don't have any content. So um, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, this is bull crap. They should, you know, they, because they went on strike. Now a lot of people are going to lose out on a lot of money because, um, you know, there's there's a whole ecosystem that happens with these productions. And you have the caterers and the drivers and people who are going to lose out on money because they're very, not in production. Very, very expensive. But um, one could argue that it's, that's not the writer's fault. It's the people who should been, they should have made a deal with the writers, you know. It's like... The writers are very essential uh, to this whole ecosystem. Um, they should have they should have made a deal before it came to this. But uh, you know, yeah, we'll pull through. They'll pull through. Uh, everything will get back to normal hopefully soon, and then they'll get the money that they deserve. Uh, right, all right. Our last bit of movie news: Carrie Fisher. Today, uh, the, the day we're filming this, not the day we're releasing this, but today is May fourth. So may the fourth be with you, Star Wars Day. Oh, and Carrie Fisher is getting her posthumous. A star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's going to be received by wow. her daughter, Billy Lord. Uh, that is amazing. What do you think about that? Oh, that's awesome. And uh, not to get too off topic, but uh, wasn't her daughter um, the uh, CGI version of Princess Leia in Rogue One? Uh, I don't think so. I think they got a separate person for that. But uh, she, but Billy Lord was in the sequel trilogy. She played a character in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but she was in there. I thought uh, she was uh, young Princess Leia. I believe they got a, a different one. person. I'm not sure. I believe they got a different person to stand in for Princess Leia. Um, probably someone that matched more of a young Carrie Fisher uh, at that time. Uh, but yeah, but she was in Star Wars. Billy Lord was in Star Wars. But yeah, it's great that she's getting a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Well-deserved. Mark Hamill, uh, he spoke at the ceremony. Um, don't have any quotes right now. I haven't had a chance. It just happened like this morning. So this is so brilliant. And, and I haven't of had course, a chance to pull anything up. May the fourth is so appropriate for this occasion. You know, yes. for anyone who wants to watch Star Wars, uh, definitely. And then may tomorrow, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. Tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo, and then after that, it's the Revenge of the Sixth. Uh, all right, all right. This. Brings a conclusion to this week in movie news. Yep. Now let's get on with the show. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Batman eighty nine. What a what a movie. I mean, like it's such a such a classic. Uh, definitely definitely set the precedent for like future Batman movies. Um, I mean, it's hard to imagine a world without Batman eighty nine. Would you say? Yeah, it was very very fantastic and. Um... Of course, there was a writer's strike at one point um, that um, Just like today. Um, that Michael Keaton was, uh, you know, Mr. Mom. He was other uh, in movie roles, and they thought that, you know, this comic guy is going to be Batman, and the 
um are you talking about the uh, not a writer strike per se, but are you talking about the protests that they had about Michael Keaton being oh, Batman? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a big uh, poop storm. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, like you know, Michael Keaton can pull it off. Yeah, like, that's one big pile of shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. But at the time, like I could see their point because he hadn't been in anything uh, that was too serious. He had a lot of comedies out. I mean, he was uh, you know, of course, Mr. Mom was like the big reference. Uh, people were trying to picture him as Batman, and it just didn't match well with the the image that they wanted to see because at the time people were over the 60s batman and of course you know i I have a love for 60s batman well you know there was some talk about you know if they were gonna put michael keaton in this movie they're gonna be like you know we have not we cannot make this a campy batman we gotta make this dark noir very different a little gritty little awesome um just full of gravitas. Oh, yeah, you know definitely. What I mean? Yeah, because up until that point, uh, you know, people just thought of campy Adam West Batman, which is not bad. But, uh, you know, people were over it at the time. Uh, now we look on it with a sense of fondness as a, as a product of its era. But um, people wanted to see something more, something, like you said, with more gravitas. I love that word, gravitas. Uh, Michael Uslin uh, was actually the guy. Uh, that really wanted this to happen. Now he, uh, you know, he's a big comic book fan. Uh, he actually went to um, in Indiana University and he created like a, a, it was like a superhero course. And there's a big story about that. Um, they were doing like a bunch of experimental like uh, college courses and they had to propose the idea to like their uh, professor or something like that. Do you remember the story? Oh yeah, I, I remember an interview. Yeah, and so basically he was saying he had to prove like, uh, that this would be a good course. And then the guy, like one of the head people was saying like, so, you know, you want to bring a course about funny books to my university? I don't think so. Um, that's, you know, that's not college material. And uh, he's like, you can't convince me that comic books are the new like myths and legends and whatnot. And he was saying, well, really? Well, you know, uh, you know, the story of Moses. And he goes into the whole speech about, oh yeah, you know, you know, Moses, he, he was sent down the river in a in a basket and he was adopted by, you know, you know, and he goes about the whole story and then uh, and he tells him to tell the story of Superman and how he was sent, you know, uh, you know, in a rocket ship to Earth and he was adopted by Earth parents. And he then he realized that there was the connection between the two stories and how it's essentially a retelling of classic tales. And uh, at that point, you know, a light bulb went off and he's like, OK, you know what? I grant you uh, I grant you your course. It's going to be accredited. And after that, it brought a lot of notoriety uh, to Michael Uslin and. Uh, his next big thing he wanted to do was get a Batman movie made because he was a big fan of the dark, you know, brooding Batman. And then so um, that's when he, you know, the ball started rolling and he eventually met up with people from uh, like Warner Brothers and stuff like that. And at first they shopped it around, I think, to other studios that turned it down. But the people at Warner Brothers owned the rights, which, you know, made sense. I mean, they made Superman, which was another movie that set a big precedent for superhero movies, right? Oh yeah, it's very very fantastic with the uh, Christopher Reeves, uh, Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, which in fact he did not shave his head, but he did get a bald wig at the end of the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it did, yeah, it did have that Superman. Uh, you know, with Christopher Reeves, it had a little little tiny sense of camp, but for the most part, it really it really added uh, you know a lot of credibility to the superhero genre because. It was like a fully fleshed out version of the character. He wasn't cartoony at all. Um, had some serious moments, heavy actors. Uh, of course, you know, uh, the big draw at the time 
because no one knew who Christopher Reeves was. Uh, they, they put uh, the great, I'm, my mind's blanking on the name, uh, as Jor-El. You know what it is. It's from the Godfather. Uh, oh, my, uh, Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. How could I forget Marlon Brando? But they put Marlon Brando as a big draw. Uh, he was like the first one credited, even though he was and He got funny. paid like some amount of money, and he didn't remember lines, oh, yeah. and I have no idea what was going on. But uh, yeah, he... Uh, does a very very good job as playing Jorel. Yeah, uh, but he he was the big the big catch for that movie uh, to sell it as a, a legit uh, motion picture. Uh, Batman did a similar thing. They got yeah, uh, they got the great what's his face Jack Nicholson. Uh, I can't think today. They got the great Jack Nicholson as uh, the Joker uh, in a similar fashion. They wanted to bring a sense of gravitas to this movie. Um, Although, and Jack Nicholson did bring that gravitas, and he was so terrific. Oh yeah, he was so enthused about this. Uh, he was so excited about playing the Joker, like he he took it seriously uh, more than anyone had a right to. Uh, but that's just how he is. Like he 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 saw this role, and, it, and I believe that he's credited as saying that this is one of his favorite roles that he ever played. Um, and you could see it really through his performance. Like he just went the full you know one hundred man. And uh, there's no one else could have played it like him. Of course, uh, Robin Williams was uh, courted at one point to play the Joker. Uh, famously, it was only to bait uh, Jack Nicholson into playing the Joker, um, much to his chagrin. Because, and of course, Robin, Robin Williams got pissed off. Yeah, uh, so much so that later when they asked him to play um, the Riddler in uh, Batman, Batman, Forever. Batman Forever, he turned it down. Uh, because of the bad blood that happened, um, he realized that they were just using him as bait to get Jack Nicholson, and that's that sucks. Uh, they shouldn't have done that, but uh, it just happened the way it did. That's sometimes that's the ruthless movie business. Uh, but yeah, uh, and of course, there was a bunch of people that was, um, you know, in the that were in the running to play Batman. Do you know some of the names? Uh, was it like uh, Sean Young? She was she was not going to play Batman though. But uh but she was she was cast as Vicky Vale. Um and you know she was uh, horseback riding, she fell off and injured herself. Unfortunately, she had to be replaced uh by Kim Basinger. Uh and you know, uh, unfortunately for her, you know, it, it definitely uh it definitely kind of scarred her for life because like she she had a lot of like of that like what what could have been you know i could have been in a huge you know blockbuster motion picture and, and it could have set me up in the future for other huge motion pictures and, and launched my career and you know it, it really haunted her for for the longest time uh unfortunately yeah it's kind of sad you know and she even uh, she even tried to jump on the opportunity to Audition for Batman Returns. I don't know if you remember that story. Oh yeah, she auditioned as uh, Catwoman. Yeah, yeah, she dressed as Catwoman, and uh, she was uh, she went into the auditions, but unfortunately, you know, went to the great Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, you know, it just wasn't in the cards. Do you know who originally um, Tim Burton wanted to play Batman? I have no idea. He wanted Willem Dafoe. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then of course. Uh, they were saying that, you know, would it be cool if Willem Dafoe played the Joker in 1989 Batman? Well, see, that was rumors. Because a lot of people are still saying to this day that Willem Dafoe should play the Joker. But at the time, uh, a younger Willem Dafoe um, was uh, Tim Burton's ideal Batman. And I think it had a lot to do with the eyes. Because that's why they cast... That's why um, 
Keaton uh, was like a big draw for um, Burton as well. I mean, he worked with him before in um, Beetlejuice, um, but someone it was someone other than uh, Michael Keaton that proposed that they should get um, uh, Michael Keaton. Uh, and then, um, but then of course it was, uh, John Lithgow who was actually going to play the Joker originally. Really? Was he, was he one of the people in the running? Yeah. It, I did not know that. It said, it said it, well, actually he said it on the Conan interview on the TV interview that interesting that it, it, it talks about it, but yeah, I mean like, you know, John Lithgow would have been a fantastic choice, but nevertheless, John, Jack Nicholson is the best. Oh yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I couldn't think of anyone better to play the Joker, especially at that time. Um, but yeah, he's hilarious and funny, and he brought that gravitas to uh, um, that character, of course. And you know, Tim Burton wanted a, uh, a different Joker, and that—that's what it was—a gravitas, funny, uh, energetic Joker. Yeah, I mean, it really brought that sense of, like, uh, style to it, that sense of, like, um, I don't know, he just didn't give a shit. Uh, I love I love how jokey he is, but in an evil, devious way. It's not, like, overly, like, goofy. Um, but, you know, he's very twisted and, um, you know, this kind of sense of humor that he has. I love it. Uh, it's just interesting hearing, though, about these alternate castings and stuff like that. Originally, Robin, remember uh, Robin was supposed to be in Batman 89? Um I think uh, Sam Hamm, uh, during an interview, he said that he believed that at one point Eddie Murphy was supposed to uh, was supposed to play <laughs> Robin or something like that. Uh, and then I know in Batman uh, Forever, Marlon Wayans was actually supposed to play. Um, I think at the time when, um, what's his name, uh, Tim Burton was still attached, uh, Marlon Wayans was supposed to play him. And they actually paid out Marlon Wayans when... Um, Joel Schumacher came in the picture. They paid out Marlon Wayans to not play Robin, and they got their own cast. Uh, they, of course, they got uh, Chris O'Donnell to play Robin in that one. But it's so interesting hearing about these these alternate casting rumors. Of course, Bill Murray, I think, at one point was supposed to play Batman. Um, I actually created some AI versions of uh, these alternate castings. Of course, um, you know how they recast Tommy Lee Jones. Um, I, I did an AI uh, to see what Tommy Lee Jones would have looked. I mean, not Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, they recast uh, Billy D. Williams with Tommy Lee Jones. I did an AI to see what Billy D. Williams would look like as uh, Two-Face. It came out really interesting. Uh, I also did an AI to see what uh, Sean Young would have looked like uh, as Vicky Vale. And I even did one with uh, Bill Murray, uh, Bruce Wayne. Uh, you can see that on our Instagram, at MenWatchMovies. Uh, it was a lot of fun creating those. Uh, it's good. It's cool. I think it's cool to see, you know, what could have been. Uh, but what we got was pretty damn great. Uh, yep. And of course, back then it was like they got, you know, merchandise, merchandise. mugs, <laughs> uh, t-shirts. Oh yeah. That was a huge part of it. The whole paraphernalia stuff. Definitely. That I mean, that was a huge, huge, huge part, uh, you know, of that movie. Of course, after Star Wars, I think George Lucas set the president, the precedent uh, for marketing for a movie. And then, of course, it carried over into every, everything after that. Um, you know, yeah, mugs, shirts, hats. I mean, even at the beginning of the the, the uh, VHS tape, remember, uh, they had that, that cartoon um, with uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck uh, selling the Warner Brothers catalog and I remember it that was, was a great. long time ago. And it had like Daffy and Bugs wearing the Batman shirt. And there's, oh, I love that. I always wanted to get the stuff out of that catalog. 
Uh, that was that was great. Um, but yeah, merchandising was key in this. Are they still around the merchandise, or is it kind of? I'm they... sure you could find some on eBay. I mean, like like you're talking about like the original 1989 merchandise. Yeah, it's probably floating around on eBay, but you're probably going to pay a good penny for it. But um, they have newer stuff, of course. Um, yeah, that was fun. And I remember that too. I remember that at the beginning of the VHS tape, it had that ad for Diet Coke <laughs> with uh, Batman and uh, Alfred. Michael Go. <laughs> yeah. Just for the taste of it, Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah, I love that shit. Uh, no one, no, no one's gonna remember that except for the OGs who watched it on VHS. Uh, but not to get too off topic here. Um, but yeah, Batman, Batman. Um, the merchandising was crazy, and that logo. That logo is epic. Uh, it's iconic. Um, I love that. You know, that gold look is very you know interesting. Later on, they moved to like the stark yellow for Batman returns, but I love that gold Batman logo. Um, and the, I remember like they were talking about it on behind the scenes and whatnot. And then there was kind of like, people didn't know what they were looking at at first. <laughs> I forget who it was. Uh, but they said that when at first glance, it looked like at the inside of somebody's throat. Uh, but then the more you look at it, you realize hey, it's, a, it's an image of a bat. And it's like, it just became, it just became iconic. And they had, they had it on posters and billboards everywhere at the time. It's just, just interesting. The whole the whole marketing was interesting, and the production was crazy. Uh, they actually filmed it in England, if I am not mistaken, at a place called Pinewood Studios. Just because of the budget, they didn't really have like a huge huge budget. They didn't know how you know how big the movie was going to be. Uh, so they actually went over to England. I saw there was I saw this interview with the people um, over in England, over at Pinewood Studios, and they were talking about how. Uh, James Bond at that time was supposed to film and they moved production to Mexico. And so they were like, well, one superhero one, or one hero left us, but we got another one in his place. We got Batman. Uh, so it's kind of funny. Uh, but that set, that set was crazy. I didn't realize I, I was watching the, the behind the scenes footage. I didn't realize how huge that, that set was that Gotham set. Uh, there's actually footage of Bob Kane just walking around uh, the set of Gotham, just sitting on the steps, and a lot of the—it's interesting. A lot of the buildings are like half buildings because they added them, uh, the rest with matte paintings later. But uh, the, the, have you seen like behind-the-scenes images of the set? Yeah, I I, I have seen it, and um, I have seen the uh, drawing of the the penguin, the um, Bob Kane's uh, original drawing back then. Oh yeah, yeah. it had um, he I if I remember correctly, it was a. Uh, the penguin and he was like you know happy and he had like a um rainbow umbrella <laughs> i think yeah. that, i think that penguin, was penguin was a goofy character i love i love the burton reimagining of him um i didn't know, I, didn't, I didn't know how much tim burton played a uh, a role in like designing the characters for batman returns but i had no idea Actually, a lot of his drawings so, so yeah. different back then yeah a lot of his drawings are very integral into creating like the the versions that you see in the movie like when they got the way they designed Danny DeVito's penguin, it, it's it's just like a real life version of a drawing that Tim Burton did of the penguin. It's like it, uh, Paul Williams' penguin in the earlier drawings because, oh, if yeah. I remember correctly, it was um, he had long hair, of course. He had like a a, a bulky suit, or I yeah, you, you're talking about the animated version, right? Yep, that's there. interesting. I, I was watching a video on that. I didn't realize how much they had changed because. Um, they had the original Batman animated series and they had the new Batman animated series. And I didn't realize how much the character designs had changed because the ones from the original Batman animated series were a lot of like the Tim Burton ones where like the penguin was like a deformed penguin man. And then you had the newer version of the animated series where he was just like 
he was like the penguin from the original comics, which he was just a normal guy. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. They, they, they moved away from the Burton-esque uh, tones and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I prefer the Burton-esque tones. But, uh, they're uh, very, very different. But uh, there is some rumors. Now, I'm not going to say anything about it, but there are rumors that uh, Dane DeVito might reprise his role as the penguin. Really? <laughs> now, that's he, just rumors. Is he going to get naked and come out at someone's I am couch? not sure, but <laughs> if, if it is, then they might de-age him. <laughs> Uh, I, think, I think we're fine younger. without uh, but the, I, penguin. I, I, the penguin's dead. I mean, I know is, this is just rumors. Technically, uh, this is not like uh, speculation. <laughs> it is uh, speculation, actually. But actually, you know, I, I heard it from uh, John Campio podcast. A, oh, really? Oh, okay, interesting. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. There, there's supposedly people are thinking there's going to be a lot of huge cameos and whatnot, and the, and then the in the new Flash movie. We'll, we'll have to wait and see for that. Uh, it looks awesome, by the way. Very, yeah. very awesome. And then, of course, uh, in Batman 89, we have the wonderful Danny Elfman doing the score. Uh, such an epic, memorable score. Uh, no other Batman movie has had a, a, a such a memorable score. Of course, I mean, Hans Zimmer did a great job with The Dark Knight. Very different. Uh, and, but, yeah, very, very different. Um, the Batman 89 theme is so just, like, iconic, that march. Uh, I remember... Um, People from the studio were having doubts, like Warner Brothers and whatnot, were having doubts about Danny Elfman's ability to make the the soundtrack. And uh, just because his process, the way he works, it's kind of all over the place. And they were, they just weren't sure about him. And then um, Tim Burton was like, "Play him, play him the march, play him the march." And then finally, he played the epic Batman march for him uh, for the studio. And they they were like, "Okay, perfect." Uh, so, so iconic, just just like the Superman uh, John Williams theme. It's just perfection uh you just well, actually the speaking of john williams um lucas films had uh special effects in the batman 89 movie oh really yeah and um billy d williams who played harvey dent um who was back then known as lando calrissian in the star <laughs> wars movies oh, yeah. which makes a little bit of sense because billy d williams back at the time was doing uh commercials for a uh, cult 45 beer <laughs> Uh, what? Uh, I failed to see the connection between any of these things, but I just love. I it love, makes a little sense. I, yeah, I love hearing anything about Billy D. Williams, so that's okay. But not to get too off topic. Not to get too off topic, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes, of course, the great Billy D. Williams in this. I'm, 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 I'm disappointed that how I hit my micro, my headphones on the mic. Uh, I'm disappointed that we never got a Billy D. Williams Two Face. But that's just one of the great things you're going to see on my Instagram. Uh, in the AI form, we finally get to see Billy D. Williams as Two Face, and also um, there's a comic uh, out. Um, it came out years ago. Uh, I forget what it's called, like Batman Continues or some shit. Uh, but it was written by Sam Hamm, and they actually have the Billy D. Williams Two Face in that as well. Uh, I want to pick that up. I haven't had a chance to read that yet, but it looks epic. You get to see what uh, a th- essentially a third Tim Burton Batman would have looked like. All right, but speaking of uh, soundtrack, besides the great Danny Elfman, we have the great Prince. Uh, he did all the music for this. What do you think about the Prince music, man? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> what a wild guy. <laughs> Party man. You know, you know who that was actually written about? 
Oh, Jack Nicholson? Yeah, it was not not the Joker, but Jack Nicholson himself. Uh, he was inspired. He, I think he went to like a party where Jack Nicholson was at, and he saw him sitting there like all cool man with his sunglasses on. And uh, he was like, man, that guy's just cool. That, that guy's just, he is the epitome of the party. He is a party man. And he wrote the song about Jack Nicholson and his swagger. Um, and so that's what that song is about, uh, just how cool Jack Nicholson was. <laughs> Uh, he really was from what I heard about, you know, about him on set, I heard he was really a cool guy. Like he actually helped Tim Burton out a lot. Uh, you know, it was his first huge, like uh, motion picture. I mean, of course he did Pee Wee. Uh, he did some small stuff for Disney, like the original Frankenweenie and whatnot. Um, but I mean, he did Beetlejuice, which of course is a big movie, but in terms of blockbuster, like Batman was bigger, you know? Uh, and then, uh, so there was a huge production and whatnot, and uh, Jack Nicholson kind of helped mentor him and be like, "Hey, you know, if you need whatever you need, just tell him like, and don't, uh, you know, don't compromise. Get what you want to make this picture happen." And he kind of like mentored him throughout the whole process. I thought that was cool. Uh, but man, the movie, the movie's so epic. So it starts out in Gotham City. We see, um, we see these two, uh, you know, two parents and their kid walking through Gotham. It almost reminds me of like, uh, like the, the, the Waynes, right? I think that's what they're trying to. Yeah. I uh, thought it was of. a little, little, uh, different because I thought it was about the Waynes, but actually it was yeah. a random family, which, I think, uh, yeah, exactly. I think confused that, me a little bit, but it was, um, yeah. When we first saw it. I think, different. It, I think it's to spark the the image of uh, the Wayne family because people who know the comics are like, oh, shit, oh, yeah. that's probably the Waynes. And then we see uh, it turns out Batman is actually looming over the city uh, watching. And I think in his mind, it's like, you know, reminds him of his parents the night his parents got killed. So I think that's why he takes a personal. Uh, he probably takes it personal at this point. And there was like a lot of stunt doubles uh-huh. in the movie. There was a uh, Carl Newman at the uh, finale where, uh, where he... Um, he was looking at the um, at the bat signal, and you can uh-huh. see that there was like this another another stunt double because yeah. you know, Michael Keaton was tired after the movie, so I guess they got a stunt oh, double. <laughs> and then uh, Dave Lee, who was the best stunt double for uh, Michael Keaton, he did the the um, the fighting choreography for um, in the street fight, the back alley street fight. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that was an epic fight. I love that. Uh, and then didn't they get a guy who was like a belly dancer or something? Oh yeah, uh, there was a belly dancer. They guy. got one. I think he was in the scene where he swooshes his cape uh, when he goes to access chemicals. Yeah. Uh, because the cape was so heavy, it was like a huge, like a uh, latex cape. And then uh, in order to get him to swoosh it properly, they had to get a stunt guy to do it. I think that's crazy, but that's movie making for you. Uh, but yeah, kudos to all the stunt people. Um, such great work. Such seamless work. Um, but yeah. Uh, I love that scene when he's kind of looming over the city. Although there's a weird shot when he's uh, up on the uh, the building, and it's like animated. I don't know why they animated it. They they couldn't get like a top down shot of Batman walking. It was a little that was a little jarring. different actually, and uh, a little different because but, uh, uh, wasn't the uh, Batman costume related to the uh, animated series a little bit? Yeah, the animated series took a lot of uh, inspiration from the Tim Burton Batman. Of course, it happened because of the success of, of Tim Burton's Batman and the Joker. Um, he did that, wear the same. He did wear the same costume, and uh, yeah, that they took. Uh, they they took like the Tim Burton vibe, and then they added a lot more of the comic, uh, comicness into it. Um, but it definitely, I mean, it, the the animated series has the the Tim Burton theme and everything like that. So it took a lot of inspiration uh, in that kind of sense, more of a vibe than anything. But um, anyway, anyway, moving on. Um, 
But yeah, I love that scene when he beats up those two junkies on the roof. They're so gross looking. They're crusty, those crusty junkies. Uh, they rob the family. And then uh, Batman comes from behind and beats the shit out of him. I, lo- I love this Batman. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't. He, doesn't, he, can, he can kill people and whatnot as long as they're bad. There's a speculation that <laughs> Batman doesn't kill, but in this movie, I guess Batman does. Batman kinda, don't give a fuck. Batman does kill. He, he, I'm not sure. I, I really, uh, really don't know. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> this I'm just, one you does. Know, I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, he literally dropped right, a bomb. That is cool. On all those Joker goons in the middle of Axis Chemicals. That was kind of random. <laughs> and blew them to bits. That that was random, and but that, I, I yeah. guess, you know, Batman is Batman. <laughs> and the brutality continues in Batman Returns. I love how he, uh, he, uh, he like, hands one of the clowns a, a bomb that he steals from one of the other uh, yeah, penguin goons. Yeah, it's one of the wrestlers, but he passed away recently. <laughs> oh, he did. Yeah, he, oh, he passed away. Peace. And then, of course, the thin clown um, is played by Doug Jones. Doug Jones, that's right. He was and, one of the uh, He was, like... You know, thin clown with the makeup, you couldn't recognize him. Yeah. And uh, nowadays he's all pale and thin and, <laughs> but and awesome. Nothing's changed. Uh, yeah, I love Doug Jones. Uh, but yeah, and then my favorite kill from Batman Returns was the, the devil uh, fire breather. He, uh, he's breathing fire on the Batmobile and all of a sudden the, he, he lifts up the Batmobile with this weird like turny dealy. And then he he turns the jet engine onto him and sets him on fire. <laughs> Batman don't give a shit. Okay, but that uh, was kind back of to random, but of course, <laughs> back to eighty nine. It is, it's awesome. Yeah, back to eighty nine. He kicks the shit out of those junkies. I love that scene, and of course, we get the epic "I'm Batman," which was actually improvised by Keaton. Uh, I'm glad he did that. That was epic. It's carried over to other versions, like the Christian Bale version. They use that same line. I love it. Um, apparently, Keaton was like a logic freak. He was like, I don't, I don't know how people are not going to know this is Bruce Wayne. So. Uh, he's the one who uh, started doing like that that deep voice change, and that also carried over to the other versions of Batman later on, especially most infam- infamously with Christian Bale, uh, where he overdid it sometimes. But uh, yeah, Keaton. And there was a story about Bale's Batman that was surprisingly different. That um, when he did that voice, he lost his voice. Oh, really? And got sick. I didn't know that. So it was like he got sick. And then he rested up, and then his voice got a lot better. Then, of course, uh, he did his Batman voice, which was phenomenal. But, uh, um, yeah, um, these different variations of Batman voices, so awesome. But my favorite is the one and only, the great thespian himself, Michael yeah. Keaton. I thought you were going to say, I thought you going to say my favorite Batman voice was Kevin Conroy, and I was going to, I was going to say at the same time as you to be like epic and, and like like we're in sync, but you said Michael Keaton, so and of course Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Conroy. Conroy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he was great. Rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. I think he's the the definitive Batman voice. Um, but I do love I do love Michael Keaton uh, in that role. Just just the OG. Uh, not, not you know. Of course, we wouldn't first have Batman, um, we wouldn't have uh, Michael Keaton's Batman without Kevin Conroy's Batman. So that's more of a strike a, that reverse it. You wouldn't have Kevin Conroy's Batman without Michael Keaton's oh yeah. Batman. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. But I, I get I your meant, point. <laughs> I meant to say that, but yeah, if we didn't have Ken, Kevin Conroy's Batman, we wouldn't have Michael Keaton's Batman. Ergo, flip it. We up. have two <laughs> awesome Batman. Two, two awesome Batman. Well, there's more. There's been more since, but definitely at the time they were the great, the goats, the greatest of all time. Uh, anyway, moving on, moving on. Of course, um, we have the great Jack Nicholson playing Jack Napier slash the Joker. What do you think about this 
origin story. It's different from the comic books. In the comic awesome. books, and the then Joker. Of course, um, uh, Hugo Blick in the flashback plays a younger version of Jack Napier, and in he was, fact, he looked great. looks the same. He looked great. That, that was a great job. Um, what do you think about the Joker being tied to Batman and vice versa? I thought it was kind of weird, but yeah, as 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 people would know, um, I don't mind it so much now. But at the time when I was watching it, uh, when I like as a kid and stuff, I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, um. Like what, the, what a coincidence! The yeah, yeah, Wayne's killer. Exactly. I was like, what a coincidence that they're all tied together neatly, like in this origin story. You know, I uh, never quite was believable to me, which is weird because it's a movie about a guy who dresses up as a bat and uh, fights crime and whatnot. But uh, I don't know. I, I I just love logic and stuff like that. Kind of like uh, like I mentioned with Keaton, he loves logic and whatnot. And I thought that was kind of weird that they were tied to each other's origins and they didn't even know it at first. It's, you know, but um, I don't know. That's neither here nor there. Uh, I've grown to like it, though. I appreciate uh, what they're trying to do uh, in a storytelling sense. Uh, but yeah, Jack Napier, he was just, he was a criminal guy. He worked for uh, uh, Grissom, and uh, of course, he was screwed over. Uh, he's just trying to take over Grissom's operation, right? Uh, but then uh, Grissom, in order to get back at him, he uh, he used one of the, like the police informants that they have, which is uh, Alexander Knox. No, not Knox. Knox is the, uh, the reporter. Lieutenant Max Eckhart. Eckhart, yeah. Uh, Eckhart was the police informant for um, uh, for Grissom's operation, and then he uh, um, and then he uh, tipped off the police and whatnot uh, because they were going to um, they were planning on raiding Access Chemicals, which is a front company for Grissom's crime operation, and they got wind of it. So uh, Jack said, "I don't. Why don't we just clear it out and say it was just industrial espionage or whatever?" And then uh, uh, what's his name? Grissom said, "Yeah, that's a good idea. Why don't you go ahead and do that?" And then he ended up calling the police on him through Eckhart, and uh, you know uh, what's his name? Krinister uh, Gordon got wind of it. It was a whole deal, and uh, he ended up screwing over uh, Jack Napier. They got in a gunfight. Uh, at Axis Chemicals, of course, Batman got wind of it uh, at the at the uh, gala. I never knew what that gala was for. Do you did you know why Bruce Wayne was throwing that party? I have no idea, but I'm pretty sure it was for uh, um, the uh, gala for like the uh, nature forest something. I no, that was the, no <laughs> that idea. was in Batman, uh, Batman and Robin. Uh, this one, uh, I, I was looking at because I, I never thought about it before. But why he, why he was throwing this big party gala like thing um but if you look at one of the banners it's it's for um it's for the the gotham 200 celebration the 200 year celebration and he's trying to raise money because that's a big plot point in the movie the mayor's trying to throw this big you know birthday celebration for gotham and he's worried about the crime you know fucking it up and so that he's trying to that's why he's trying to squash grissom's uh crime operations in time for the gala and so that's what that bruce wayne benefit was for is to raise money for the gala i never knew that i mean for the uh, celebration yeah it was uh, very so very different but very very um awesome you know uh, and of course when you watch that movie you might take a look at it and see what's out there in the movie yeah um, of course, we have uh, Alexander Knox, played by Robert Wool. I, he's hilarious in this movie. I, I, I think he's just so cheeky. Uh, he's, he's funny as hell. He's trying to investigate the Batman. Uh, he goes to the scene where, where he, he beat up those junkies. He's trying to get information. Uh, the only one that believes him is Vicky Vale, played by uh, Kim Basinger. And uh, so they partner up eventually, trying to investigate. That's when they go to Bruce Wayne's uh, event uh, because they know that... Um, 
Commissioner Gordon's going to be there, and he has a file on the Batman, so they're trying to speak with him. Of course, none of them want to comment on it because uh, they're just trying to keep everything hush-hush. Uh, but eventually, they all culminate into that uh, that scene at Axis Chemicals. I love that scene. Even the old cheap like ricochet sound effects and the, the those big vats of green goo spilling everywhere. I think it's so cool. Um, and, of course, uh, that's where we have the Joker origin. Um, I love Batman. Now on this. when um, Joker fire or Jack Neighbor fires his gun and Batman deflects his um, uh, arm shield or arm blades and does a both deflect from um, Batman's arm arm shield and hits the glass and then the glass goes to Jack Napier's face or is that yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly what happened. So he like deflected it, and it hit it ricocheted off the machine, and it hit Jack Napier like through the face, and that's why he had to get the scar, the uh, facial reconstruction that gave him that crazy grin and whatnot. And he fell into the chemicals that bleached his skin white, and I don't know somehow it turned his hair green. I don't know. It's crazy, but uh, that's movies for you. But uh, I love that. I love the whole scene. Um, he kills poor uh, Eckhart because uh, Eckhart uh, betrayed him and whatnot. Eckhart, think about the future, and he shoots him. Uh, that guy, he he played Porkins in Star Wars, and of course he was one of the villains in Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he was. Was he, he killed was, in that movie too? Not really. Oh, okay. Because he, uh, he was. was say, he, he was one of the villains <laughs> that was working with Lex Luthor. I was gonna say he had some epic deaths. I mean, he's killed by Darth Vader uh, in the Battle of, um, uh, you know, for the Death Star, and then he was killed. Uh, by Jack Napier, aka the Joker. So that's the you know, that's some good deaths. Uh if you could if you could say that at all. Uh but moving on, moving on. Uh, but yeah, and I love the whole Joker origin. Um of course Batman looks badass uh, walking through Axis Chemicals. I love he beats up the bad guys and whatnot. And then I love that scene where he throws down that smoke uh that smoke screen and he uh, shoots his grapple hook up. I always love that. I always try to replicate that as a kid. Uh during Fourth of July I would get the smoke bombs and throw them on the ground and stand on it. Uh, it was so cool. I just want to be Batman, you know, even till this day. Anyway, uh, not to get too off topic here. Um, but yeah, but eventually, uh, Jack returns as the Joker. I love that scene when he shows up at Grissom's, uh, uh, Grissom's, uh, is that his house or whatever? His penthouse or whatnot? Yeah, it's his penthouse. He thinks it's his, uh, girlfriend because, uh, Jack has been seeing, uh, his girlfriend behind his back and whatnot. And then, uh, he thinks his girlfriend shows up, but it's actually Jack in the shadows. I love that reveal. He's, he's kind of waiting in the shadows. You don't see his transformation just yet. It's me, sugar bums. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and but just before that, we get the epic scene where he's at the, the doctor who's reconstructing his face. I love that. I love that scene. Um, there's this, they actually recreated that that moment in The Simpsons when Lisa was getting her braces. It was funny. Oh yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> but then he shows up and he, he freaking uh, he just shoots um, he shoots uh, Grissom, and he's going. I love how he goes all ham with it, and when he reveals himself as a Joker, he's like shooting underneath his legs and whatnot. Da, da, and then he realizes that da, uh, you know he's in control now. Da, he needs to take over. Da, uh, and then he, I love he's reading that newspaper. Gotham City terrorizes. Wait till they get a load of me. 
Ooh. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, but that was funny. And of course, Vicky Vale. Uh, she starts dating Bruce Wayne. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that, Vicky Vale. Uh, I mean, she's obsessed with like figuring out who Bruce is, like what what's going on with Bruce. He's so mysterious to her, and uh, she's even like, um, there's one point where he said he's going out of town, but he, she finds out he was lying about it because Alfred, that gossipy bitch, he uh, he lets it slip that they're not going out of town, and then later on, of course, infamously, he lets Vicky Vale into the Batcave. Because uh, he wants, I think he just wants Bruce to be happy. Because uh, you know they're old time friends. You know he knew his uh, parents, he knew his family from way back when, and he just wants to see Bruce happy. And he can, he tries to push, um, you know, Bruce to be with Vicky because he sees how happy it makes her, or how happy it makes him. And uh, I think he just wants that for him. So he he goes as far as letting her in on his secret that he's Batman. <laughs> and a lot of people were like, what the fuck, Alfred? You're fired. Uh, but, I mean, I could see his point. He, he wants he wants Bruce to be happy. What do you think What do you think about the whole Vicky Vale in the Batcave thing? It's very, very good. <laughs> You're speechless. It's very, very... <laughs> Somewhat yeah. speechless, but it's very, very awesome. Like, because a point where I want to be like Alfred, you idiot. But then there's another point where I'm like, I could see. Yeah, he just he just wants he wants Bruce to stop being Batman, you know. But he can't help it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, and of course, um, I love that scene when uh, Joker he shows up and uh, kills one of the other crime bosses. Because uh, at that point, he had like a meeting with all the other crime bosses saying he was going to take over. They're all skeptical. They're like, what? who put you in charge? You know, and because everyone's trying to fill that vacuum left behind by Grissom. And uh, he even fries uh, one of the guys. I love that little hand buzzer he uses. Well, like, Tony, <laughs> nobody wants a war. Yeah. If we can't do business, why? We can shake hands. That was so we crazy. Can be done with it. He turns him into like a burnt, burnt husk <laughs> of a person. <laughs> oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> Hey, that's that's a good impression. Um, but yeah, and then later on, what is that fat guy? He he takes over Grissom's operation, and then Joker shows up and be like, "No, nah, bitch, I'm the Joker. I'm 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 the one in charge here." Then he he shows up with those, those creepy uh, those are those creepy mimes. Oh yeah, the uh, mime mime guys, <laughs> and of course, mime Joker appears and says, "The signature is legitimate." Oh yeah, he I saw it. He he was he he rose up with his dead hand and signed it in his own blood. Signed it in his own blood. And he did it. Hello, Vinny. It's your uncle Bingo. Time to pay the check. And he stabs him in the neck with the weather. That's so brutal. Um, And then he does like a fucking um, like a Valentine's Day massacre on the whole on the whole gang that's trying to take over um, Grissom's operation. He's brutal, man. Uh, And of course, that's a point that Batman. you know, Bruce Wayne, he thought Jack was dead. He knows he's back as the Joker. It's crazy. And then he starts to amp up because uh, he sees that Batman's getting all the all the attention, even though he's, you know, he's taken over and he's jealous. Uh, that's when he's like, uh, when you know, what kind of a world do we live in when a man dresses up as a bat gets, gets all, all, of all my, my press? This town needs an enema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your favorite line, isn't it? Yep. Uh, yes. We won't go into your obsession about the topic of animals anyway. Not to get too off topic. Let's here. get too off topic. Uh, but yeah, this, so basically he's jealous, and that's when he creates uh, the chemical known as um, Smilex gas. He starts killing off a bunch of people. That that scene was so creepy in the news, the news station, uh, when uh, 
when that lady gets infected with the poison and she falls over laughing. They're, they're doing a story that just broke about two models that died. And then she dies. And you see that creepy Joker grin on her face. It's so fucking uh, scary. Um, without being like gory, it's it's like, creepy as shit. Uh, and they realize that Joker's poisons um, beauty products. And if you use certain products together... Um, then you die. And so everyone, everyone's like being cautious about using beauty products. You see the newscasters later on talking about it and they're, they look like shit cause they don't have any makeup on. Uh, although I feel like they could have brushed their hair, but, uh, you know, it's just for effect anyway. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Batman has to figure out, uh, later on he eventually figures out the code and he sends it to the news and whatnot. Um, but, uh, during the whole, the, the whole, uh, scene, um, when he kills uh, the guy trying to take over Grissom's business, uh, what's his name? Bob the Goon. He takes pictures uh, of you know of the scene, and he gets a picture of Vicky Vale, and that's when the Joker becomes infatuated with her, and then uh, the he wants press. to meet up with her. So he like he, he sends a fake invitation over from Bruce Wayne to meet her at the the art museum, and we get that wonderful scene with the um, the paintings being defaced and the the, the prince song Gentlemen, party man let's broaden our minds i love that scene so Lawrence. much <laughs> i love that scene so much um i don't know the prince music i didn't like i didn't used to like it in there i don't know i thought it was a little of its time I but think it's terrific i appreciate it now for what it is um but yeah this hilarious and of course uh, the epic scene when uh, batman comes to save vicky um he, he had like gassed everyone in the building except for her. He gave her like a gas mask and he was trying to get her to, you know, kind of be by his side and documenting everything he's doing, taking photos and whatnot. And, um, and then Batman crashes the party uh, through the, the roof. I love that scene. And then he uh, swoops her up on that, that zip line and takes her out of the building. And that's when we get the epic line. Where does he get those wonderful toys? And then we're introduced to the Batmobile, the epic 89 Batmobile. I love that thing. Uh, they built that thing from scratch. I think, well, they, the engine was like a you know an existing engine and whatnot. But that the whole thing was just built. They carved it uh, from like foam, and then they cast it in fiberglass and whatnot. What do you think about that Batman Batmobile design? Man? It's awesome. It's terrific. Um, I think one of the directors or one of the writers got the idea from certain cars, um, certain designs. Uh, they did a extraordinary, fantastic job oh yeah definitely definitely um but i just love that thing zipping around and the whole scene that the, you know, that chase scene and whatnot uh and i love the shields too i thought that was kind of a cool idea and he can talk to it it's almost like a you know voice automated that's way ahead of its time and it's self-driving too it's like man he the batman batman knew the future man <laughs> that's so cool and then I, I like how the cockpit slides forward and they get in originally that was just done by accident they were supposed to have doors on the on the thing uh, but they, when they sculpted it, they forgot to put the doors on. And Tim Burton's like, that's great. Where'd the doors at? <laughs> and then uh, they're like, oh, shit, you're right. And then so they had a, they decided to make the cockpit slide forward like an old airplane. Uh, so that was done by accident. But it was a beautiful accident because I love that the design is just perfection. Uh, I think it would look silly. I mean, it, it works, I guess, in The Batman with uh, Robert Pattinson where he has the actual car with doors and stuff like that. But I think it's silly to see Batman walk up to a car and open it. It's actually based off of a, <laughs> open a 75 regular Dodge Chastity. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Nice. The Robert Pattinson Batmobile. Yeah. But yeah, for, like for, me, for me visually, though, I think it's silly to see Batman just walk up like a normal guy and just open a door, a car door, and close it behind him. I think that, that sliding cockpit is just badass. 
I uh, love that whole chase. And then eventually, uh, after he ditches the goons, um, oh, there's that epic alleyway fight scene that we're talking about. Uh, Batman's trying to take Vicky up on that, on his uh, grapple hook. And then uh, she, uh, she underestimates her weight on purpose. And then uh, they get stuck halfway. He has to release himself to, you know, to free her so she can zip up all the way. And then he gets into the fight, you know, on the street below. They almost take his mask off, but then uh, luckily Vicky snaps a picture, distracts them. They try shooting her, and then he beats them all up. Then, of course, we get introduced to David <laughs> Lee, or Dave Lee. Oh, yeah, the stunt guy. The Didn't stunt he pass guy. away? Yeah, he, he passed away. R.I.P., buddy. R. I. P. We R. I. P. are going to miss you so much. Beautiful fight scenes. I love that. I love that one guy with the, like, the, um, uh, when he's like doing the swords and whatnot, and he just freaking like, kicks him in the face. I love that. And then, of course, Bob the Bob the Goon was supposed to fight Batman in a cut scene, but they, they ended up just having him run away. I think that was funnier. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, uh, then Batman uh, swoops up Vicky, takes her to the Batcave. I love the whole scene, that music, uh, you know, Descent into Mystery. That was a beautiful piece of music uh, by Danny Elfman. They go to the Batcave. That's when he reveals the secrets of the uh, Smilex gas, and he has her take it to the media. But then he knocks her out at the end of the scene because uh, he steals her photographs. Uh, he wants to make sure that she doesn't have any pictures of him when they were trying to take off his mask. Uh, she's like, oh, they took the f- he took the film. Or, uh, yeah, he took the film. Uh, but, yeah, and then eventually uh, Joker, he ups his game. Uh, he decides... Uh, that uh, in the wake of them canceling the 200th birthday gala, uh, he's going to throw his own party. Uh, he's inviting everybody. He's saying he's going to throw out cash, but it's all just a ruse. He, he gets everyone there. Uh, and uh, there's actually a cut scene. It's in the novelization where he's throwing out fake money. It's not real money, and it has his picture on it, referencing earlier when he said he wants his face on the, the, the dollar bill or something like that. Um but yeah, he's throwing out fake money, but it was all just a ruse to get them there because he was going to poison everybody to show how ruthless he is and how he owns the city. But of course, Batman swoops in on his Batwing. That epic Batwing is so cool. Um, I love I love how they did it. Um, the, they used like a, like a full-size cockpit, and then for the faraway shots, it was a model with like a little Batman on the inside with a moving head. Uh, you can see on uh, Adam Savage's channel, Tested, um, the actual model that they used and they actually got it working with the little head moving. It's kind of badass. Uh, but I love that whole scene. Uh, of course we got the, another Prince song. Uh, tr- was it called trust or something like that? Yep. That's it. <laughs> I, love, I love that Prince music in there, man. You know what the, what's crazy that the song bat dance, that's just a trip. If you watch the music video on YouTube, that thing's like an acid trip, man. Uh, it has like Prince as half Batman, uh, half Joker. And it has like clips, um, like from the audio from the movie, they did that a lot back then where they had like music that tied in and they would use clips from the movie. I think Adam family did that and a bunch of other movies like Ace Ventura and whatnot. And then, um, and then, uh, oh yeah, but the bat dance is crazy, man. Um, and it used like, it uses like bits of the theme from the original sixties one. It's kind of funny. Uh, check it out. If you, if you want to, if you want to experience what it's like. But the other quote from Joker is like, uh, (laughs) And now comes the part where I believe you, the little people, were failed and useless lives. But as my plastic surgeon said, if you gotta go, go, go with a smile. smile. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love it. Uh, but of course, Batman follows his plans. He uh, he takes his balloons. He grabs them with the the bat wing and flies them into the stratosphere and releasing them. Those are my balloons. Why didn't someone tell when he had one of those? One, 
things. Bob Gunn. He shoots poor Bob. I don't know why he shot Bob. He was his number one guy. Uh, but, of course, uh, he decides to uh, take the Batman on mano y mano. Um, I don't know what the deal is with Batman and that, that Batwing, but I, I don't know if he purposely shot around the Joker or if he just missed. I don't know how he missed. He had, like targeted on, on him directly. But then the Joker pulls out that giant gag gun and shoots him out of the sky. He crashes at the cathedral. That whole cathedral scene at the end was actually um, done kind of last minute. Uh, some of the writers, they actually went to see uh, Phantom of the Opera. Uh, and then they got inspired because at the end of that, I think it, I think they're talking about the play. And at the end of that, um, there was a scene where they go up to the cathedral. And it takes place. That's where the final act takes place. And they're like, you know what? We need that in our movie. And so that's why Batman 89 takes place on the top of the cathedral. Ooh, so epic. That, that, that uh, is epic. But I love the whole scene at the end. Uh, they're just duking it out. Um, but I love how he fights his goons first. And then there, there's... Um, there's that one guy with the knife boots, and he just hits him in the dick with like some kind of weird. It looks like a kitchen appliance that comes out of his glove. Uh, I just call that Batman's dick smacker, <laughs> but uh, that doesn't sound right. Anyway, strike that, strike that. But <laughs> and then he fights that huge dude with the sunglasses. Didn't he have sunglasses on or something? He but did. he he's like beating the shit out of Batman. He almost he almost took Batman out, and he he's had like strong. a he had like a big metal chain. And that kudos to that guy. He 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 almost took on the Batman. He's strong. Um, but he knocks he knocks him down the uh, the bell tower, which I'm confused. Are there two bells on that tower? Because the Joker knocks down the bell the, with his acid daisy, and then later on uh, you see the bell is missing, and then the bell reappears again, and then Batman knocks the guy down the bell tower. I'm confused about that. So maybe there's two bells. I don't know. I'm just thinking too much. And of course they love his epic fight with the Joker. I love when he <laughs> he's about to fight him, and he's like, "You wouldn't punch a guy with glasses, would you?" Uh, oh, and then there's one scene where he like knocks him uh, through like like a wood door or something like that, and he spits out those chattering teeth. I thought that was hilarious. Even in a moment of uh, certain defeat, he, he's still throwing out gags and whatnot. Uh, but then he punches him over the side of the building. That's what I love about that Batman. He, like he's brutal. Like he just he, he at that moment he tried killing him by throwing him over the building. But fortunately, the Joker he clung on for dear life, and he dragged Vicky and Batman over the edge with him. And then he almost escaped via helicopter. Uh, but luckily, Batman, he uses bolo attachment. Uh, that's what's cool about the design of these gadgets. They're so, they're so cool. I love how modular it is. Uh, like he, It's the same grapple gun that he uses to zip around, but he has like this bolo attachment. He shoots it on the Joker's legs, and it gets stuck on a... On a what do you call those things? Uh, the gargoyle? Gargoyle. That weighed like 450 pounds. Something like heavy. that. And it dragged it him. Heavy. It started to drag him down, and that... And he just falls to his death. I love that. You know, Batman's like, fuck this guy. He ain't getting away. Uh, he he has him fall to his uh, death uh, below. Uh, I love that scene where he's like embedded in the concrete and he has like that weird laughing box. <laughs> 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 and then uh, the city is safe again. Of course, uh, he, he almost falls to the death, but he, luckily he has another grapple hook that he saves uh, Vicky Vale on. Uh, the reign of terror is over in Gotham. And I love how it like ties into Batman's collaboration with Gordon at that point. Uh, he, he gave uh, there's Harvey Dent's doing a speech about uh, that bat uh, the speech that Batman left them about how you know if terror should rise in the city again, call him. And then uh, Knox is still there, and he's like, "How do we call him?" And then uh, he gave us a signal. Yeah, and Gordon uh, lights up the infamous bat signal. I love that ending. is so 
its perfection. And the music strikes up again. The Batman uh, theme reprises. And then we see the bat signal in the sky. Vicky is just staring at it. Uh, she gets driven away by Alfred. And then he's like, uh, Mr. Wayne said he was going to be late again. And she's like, I'm not surprised at all. I love that scene. And then, of course, like you said, we see the stuntman as Batman looking over the night sky. It's perfection. I love this movie so much. Oh, yeah, I, I do. I, I give this movie a high I give it a rental. Big nine and a half out of ten. I would I definitely give it a recommend, out of 10. recommend checking it out uh, before you see the new Flash movie that's supposed to come out. I believe this the summer it's supposed to come out. I'm so excited for that to see Keaton back again. Uh, we were supposed to see him in Batgirl, but that was for naught. But uh, we're going to get him in The Flash, so hopefully we get a bunch of other cameos. Maybe we will see Danny DeVito. Hopefully he's not Maybe. naked in a couch, but... <laughs> Uh, for anyone who doesn't get that, that's from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the Christmas special. Uh, I've had such fun talking about this. My name is Alec. And my name's DJ, the Movie Man Wagner, also known as COE. Yes. And uh, we want to say thank you for watching our video. Check out my Instagram, at MenWatchMovies, for those uh, AI versions of the bat, bat characters that we never got, the and actors. Of course, click the link down got. below. Subscribe for more content. Definitely, definitely. Click the bell down below and of course keep, keep on, on watching thank you and of everybody course we're gonna do a special episode about michael j fox movies that's coming up mm-hmm.